Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Hewitt and welcome to the Conservative Voice Show, your place for honest, controversial, and the hottest in political conversations. Hey, so welcome back my fellow Americans, patriots, and all you gun-loving, flag-holding, flag-loving, American sons of money, I'm not going to say that on this show, but anyway, big show. Um, there's breaking news in Pennsylvania uh, regarding Trump's lawsuits, and we'll go over that. We'll talk about some Biden foreign policy choices for his cabinet and his administration. And then finally, we'll get on to how the Senate races in Georgia continue and the overwhelming Democrat hypocrisy going on. So there's that. And we're on today's show. Thank you all for being here. Let's get into it. All right. So... A Pennsylvania judge has ordered a halt on the certification process in Pennsylvania, which is huge, right? Like, we all understand that certifications are going along even in states where there are, like, civil cases and lawsuits that are out there contesting certain results of that election. So, in a report from Fox News today, written by Ron Blitzer, A Pennsylvania state court issued an injunction Wednesday blocking any potential further certification of election results in the state pending a hearing to be held Friday. The order from Judge Patricia McCullough comes in the case brought by Pennsylvania voters, including Representative Mike Kelly, a Republican from Pennsylvania, in which they allege that the state law allowing for non-excuse absentee voting violated the Pennsylvania Constitution, which outlines specific cases where absentee voting is allowed. To the extent there remains any further action to perfect the certification of the results of the 2020 general election for the Office of the President and Vice President of the United States of America, respondents are preliminary in joining them. Sorry, respondents, which are going to be the Pennsylvania government, because obviously the Trump and um, Republicans are the plaintiffs. So the respondents are preliminarily enjoined from doing so, pending an evidentiary hearing. So that's big. What that means is that the Pennsylvania government cannot continue in the certification process of the election pending that hearing Friday, where the government, or I'm sorry, where Trump and his legal team will present whatever evidence they have. But I think that the scariest thing about that, excuse me while I take a drink of my coffee, I think the scariest part of this is actually the Attorney General's response. So, Attorney General Josh Shapiro from Pennsylvania tweeted out, this order does not impact yesterday's appointment of electors. We will be filing an appeal with Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro quickly responded on Twitter, pointing out that this does not have much impact since the results of the presidential election have already been certified and the electors have already been chosen. What I think is scary is that you have this Attorney General, right, who tweets out that it doesn't matter because they've been chosen and claims that and says that, that that is the reason why it does not matter. That, oh, it doesn't matter because we've already certified it regardless of what you have to say. We've already chosen our electors, regardless of what you have to say. But never once did he say that the Trump legal team did not have evidence, that there was not true, like, evidence to support the claims that are being made. But because, oh, well, we've already gone forward 
and we've already certified the results, so nanny nanny boo boo, like you can't do anything about it. Well, I wonder if he understands that a judge can overturn and decertify the election results. But like I said, this is indicative of the narrative that we've been hearing far too often on the left and like across the nation really, is that they don't care about the facts, what's done is, what's done, is done, and if you overturn it for whatever reason, then somehow you're evil or you're a racist or you're a bigot or whatever other term that they decide to call every single person that disagrees, that disagrees with them. The law is the law. And if it's been violated, then those votes should not be counted. It's as simple as that. And he doesn't say that. What he says is that, oh, well, we've already certified the election and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if there's been rat, like widespread violations of the law because we already certified those votes. We already certified the illegal votes too. So it doesn't matter if they're illegal. But this also comes to the GOP in Wisconsin has filed a lawsuit to halt the certification process. So in another um, report from Fox News, the Wisconsin GOP has filed an emergency petition in the state Supreme Court on Tuesday to stop the final certification of the election results as two counties press forward with a recount. The Republicans, not affiliated with Trump's legal team, allege that private money sourced to Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg was used to illeg illegally circumvent absent voting laws, including primarily one absentee voting law, which is, sole, which is the sole exception to the Wisconsin photo ID law, to cast tens of thousands of illegal absentee ballots. The GOP suits alleges that illegal votes exceeded the number by which President-elect Joe Biden won the state, 20,608. 20, the recount got off to a slow start last week, but as of Tuesday, the work was, in quote, very close to being back on schedule and be completed as soon as Wednesday, said Brian Rothgary, spokesman for the Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors. So, if that is true, if money was given from an outside source to fund a law or the overturning of a law or the bypass of the law that would cause ballots to be illegal, those ballots shouldn't be counted. As we went over before, Wisconsin had very, very strict, probably one of the strictest voting laws in the nation when it came to absentee voting. And so if those, and like I said, if any number of those ballots are counted out, the outcome of the Wisconsin election could be overturned in Trump's favor. So I think that this may be the very lawsuit that Rudy Giuliani was talking about last Thursday when him and the other members of the Trump campaign and the Trump's legal team released what they called their opening statements. Like, if that's true, and that, I don't know what impact it could have. And I've been saying this forever now, guys, and I think you and every other American agrees with me, right? That if there is one single, like, claim from an American, there's one single shred of evidence, if there's one single statement, one single affidavit, one single testimony, whatever it may be from an American, saying, alleging whatever it is, that it needs to be investigated to whatever end, whether it's pro-Trump, whether it's pro-Biden, because what really matters is the election. What really matters is the integrity of the election. If it is found that Trump's team was making factless claims, just trying to grasp onto whatever, then they need to be held responsible for that. If it comes that there is widespread voter fraud and voter intimidation and voter suppression and voter irregularities and mail-in ballot problems that supported Joe Biden, and then it is found they're complicit in it, and that needs to be followed to whatever end. But as long as there's one single American claiming it, then it needs to be followed and it needs to be investigated. And any, any person 
Regardless, any single person that is saying that we should just ignore that and just go forward with the certification process, go forward with the election. They say that they don't want to investigate it for the possibility of disenfranchising voters. Well, you're disenfranchising other voters and other Americans who are claiming that this happened to them. You, you can't be one side but not be the other, right? You can't. All right. So that's where we are in the election, like lawsuits, not really anything else huge is broken over the last day or so, but that's huge wins for Trump's team in Pennsylvania, and it'll be interesting to see what comes in Wisconsin. All right, so yesterday, Biden did an interview with NBC's Lester Holt, which was actually really funny to watch. I watched about 10 minutes of it, and well, it's everything that you could expect it to be, right? Like, as miserable to watch as hell is watching me like step on a million nails. So Biden starts off saying that Trump has done nothing but put America first and that that was the problem and that was the problem and that Trump has done nothing to address that issue. Well, Mr. Biden, I don't know what the hell else you want the president to do. Who, you want to put our allies first? You want to put Americans and enemies first? Like, that literally is your job. America should be your primary priority. There should be no other priority more important to you than America coming first. He was then asked about the possibility of Republican cabinet members or Republicans having a place in it, like inside a Biden administration. Um, yeah, so I'll just let you listen to it and then we'll talk about it. Here it is. Yes, and we still have a lot more appointments to make. I want this country to be united. The purpose of our administration is once again reunited. We can't keep this virulent political dialogue going. It has to end. Did we expect an announcement? No. Not ever or not soon? No, not soon. Oh, the virulent political dialogue. You mean the one that you and your running mate and your own caucus have been doing for the past four years? You mean the same virulent political dialogue that you had? when you left your basement every two and a half months on the political campaign? Yeah. Keep talking to me about the virulent political dialogue that you want to stop. I don't remember a single dialogue between you and the president where you once acknowledged any political successes that he had in his campaign. I'm sorry, that he had in his presidency. So, yeah, keep trying to push that one. And did you also see how he said nothing is out of the question? Okay, I can understand that. But then you follow it up with the resounding no. Like, hey, do you think that there'll be any place for Republicans inside your administration? No. Oh, okay. And then he follows it up with the, oh, well, maybe just not right now. Do any of us really believe? Like, let's like, be honest with each other. Like, let's, let's sit back. Let's think about it. Do we really think that him or his progressive caucus or anybody else advising him is going to allow a Republican to sit on his cabinet? I don't think it, I don't think it is. I, I really do not think that is a thing. And then like Washington like backpedal like, oh, well, I just meant not right now. Yeah, no, you, what you meant is no. It was that very first day, no, that was what you meant. And you showed that when you, with that quick and swift response that you gave. I don't think Biden did himself any favors in the next statement that I'll show you either way, either. I'm sure that there are progressives around the nation that are going to hate him for it. 
And I guess the progressives are not going to get the cash out that they wanted in radicalizing their base to support him. So here's a clip of him being asked about putting more progressives into his administration and what he plans to do with those of the likes of like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Here he is. What about um, former rivals from your own party, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren? Uh, have you talked to them about cabinet positions? Well, I've, I've, I've talked to them. Look, as I said, the, we already have significant representation among progressives in our administration, but there's nothing really off the table. But one thing is really critical, taking someone out of the Senate, taking someone out of the House, um, at a, particularly a person of consequence, is a really difficult decision that would have to be made. I have a very ambitious, very progressive agenda, and it's going to... Okay, so not because you don't want them, like, in your administration, but because you need them in the House and in the Senate. Because you just openly admitted that you're going to have radical and progressive policies, that you're going to need Elizabeth Warren and Biden, I'm sorry, not Biden, and Bernie Sanders inside the Senate, and... Demo Democrats inside the House to be able to pass your radical progressive legislature that you're going to try to push in your radical and progressive agenda. Remember when everyone was saying that Biden was going to be a moderate? Well, he just made every single one of you a liar. He just made every single one of us, well, not us, because I didn't think so, but every single one of the Americans that believed that he was going to be a bulwark, a, like a workhorse or like a like a, somehow like a wall that was going to hold back the radical and progressive agendas of the left. Well, no, because he's going to have his own radical and progressive agendas. And here he is openly admitting it. Like every single one of you that watch it on YouTube, I will link a description in the show notes for a clip, I'm not to a clip, of a link to the full show with Lester Holt. He just openly admitted that he is going to have a progressive policy and that he's going to have a progressive administration and that he needs the likes of those of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and the rest of the progressives inside the house to be there to help him pass that. Like, I don't know why any of us are surprised about it because we shouldn't be, right? And I'm just more worried about what kind of radical changes he's gonna bring to the American life. And that's what's dangerous. That is what's really dangerous is how far of a progressive is he going to go? Is it going to stop at him rejoining the Paris Accord? Is it going to stop at the Green New Deal? Or is he going to extend like widespread unemployment for COVID on the basis of COVID? Is he going to make it to where everyone receives the same like wages for jobs? Like no regardless of what you do. Is he going to make an even pay scale for all Americans? Like how progressive he goes, I think is very dependent on who holds the Senate. And it's dangerous. Like how progressive and how liberal is Joe Biden willing to go? That is the question we have to be asking ourselves. And it just showcases how important the Senate races are because that is our last defense to the progressive policies that the House and the President are gonna wanna push. So Biden is then asked by um, Lester about a national, ma a national mask mandate. Now, something that I think Biden understands is that he does not have the constitutional authority to make a national mask mandate. He said this in his campaign. He said this leading up to the election. So I think he understands that he does not have the police powers to do that. But what he says instead is that it's the Patriots job to wear a mask. Here it is. 
I hope that we're going to be able to have a united voice on the need to mask, socially distance, testing, and tracing. They're critical, critical pieces to dealing with bringing down this virus in a more manageable place. The words of a president matter. And I think it's critically important. I think it's a patriotic responsibility to wear a mask, to socially distance. So I think Biden may have like forgotten what being a patriot means. So to me, for instance, being a patriot is doing what's right for your country, loving your country no matter what, holding true to the values that make your country, holding to, true to the institutions that make your country, defending those values, defending those institutions, and defending the man to your left and right, like your other citizens of your country. That is being a patriot. Submitting to some tyrannical law, trying to restrict your daily activities, does not make you a, t a patriot. Wearing a mask because it somehow stops the transmission of a disease that is less deadly than heart disease is somehow patriotic. Yeah, no, that's not true either. Like, being a patriot is doing what's right even when no one's looking. Do it, being a patriot is supporting your country and the laws and the institutions and the values that your country was built upon. The there is no place for the tyrannical laws in our Constitution. There is no place for the tyrannical laws of the Democrat governors saying, well, like Oregon saying that you have to wear a mask inside your own home. I'll be damned. The same people that are saying that you need to wear masks and the same people that are saying that if you don't, and urging people to call the cops on you, if you're not like abiding by the rules they've imposed on you inside your own house, are the same people that say the police have too much power. All right, so being a patriot is not submitting to that tyrannical law. Like being a patriot is not submitting to a full-fledged attack on our constitution. Being a patriot is not submitting to a wide range of violation of your fourth amendment. Like that is not being a patriot. Joe Biden wouldn't know what patriotism is if it slapped him across the face, right? So he says all of this as the CDC data would suggest different. So the CDC data on hospitalization is not indicative of some giant surge in hospitalizations. It has been a steady rise, right? Which is expected as more people get infected, there's going to be a slow rise of the, um, of the Constitution, I'm sorry, a slow rise of hospitalizations. There's not some like V-shaped rise, like, like some like, you're not climbing Mount Everest when it comes to the rate of hospitalizations. They've been steadily increasing. Now they've been a higher increase of those 65 years of age or older. If you're between the ages of like 18 and 49, it is drastically less. If you're between the ages of 50 and 64, it's drastically less, right? Which is how what is to be expected. So not only that, according to the CDC, 60% of hospitals beds are being used nationwide. Of that, only 12% of that 60% is being used for COVID-related cases. Like, I remember when wearing the mask, social distancing, and all of these, like, rules that the governors have in place were to spread this, to slow the spread of the virus so hospitals weren't, like, taxed, they weren't overtaxed with, like, COVID cases. And we didn't, like, reach a point where our hospitals were overrun. Um, well, I think 
the CDC data like literally says otherwise, right? We're also, he's saying all of this also, amongst one of the least deadly viruses since it started, since like COVID started washing through the nation, right? So according to the COVID-19 um, data on the CDC's website that was updated November 25th, all deaths in co in involving COVID-19 are at 240,213. And this data has started on since the first week of February. Now in April, we saw huge amounts. Like April, the week of April 18th saw 17,000 deaths, right? And since then, we've slowly started to decline. Right, you had times in in late June that you had four thousand deaths. Then you saw a rise in August, in like August twenty second, seeing six thousand deaths. Right, that's continued to taper off. And the week of November fourteenth, you saw four thousand five hundred seventy three deaths. And then the week of of November twenty first, you saw the least amount of deaths since it started to be recorded at one thousand one hundred eighty one deaths. So the data is not supporting the claims that all of these Democratic governors, Joe Biden, and all the people on the left are claiming that we are breaching hospital maximums. We are not. They, we knew that as more testing occurred, more positives are going to happen. We knew as more people became infected, there would be more hospitalizations. And we knew that as people began, I'm not people, as scientists and doctors began to understand the disease, there would be less deaths, right? And that's what matters. But these tyrannical lockdowns that were seen by Democrat governors are just not supported by the data that the CDC puts out. Like you have lowest death rates since it started recording data. You have hospitalizations that are just slowly inclining. And you have beds at only 60% capacity, right? For all reasons, not just COVID reasons. And of that 60%, only 12% of the hospital beds are being used for COVID-19 patients. It's, it mind boggles me, right? I'll also down below, I will link the CDC's data there if you guys wanna take a look at it. Just look at my show notes, it'll be down below. Every place that I got the data, so no one can come and say that it's not true. Go look for yourself, guys, I urge you to do it. Do not listen to the mainstream media, do not listen to CNN, do not listen to the New York Times, do not listen to Joe Biden, do not listen to the left, because they're lying to you. All right. I think all this talk is absolutely what's destroying America, right? It is not the pandemic that is destroying America. It is the fact that the government wants to continually lock down America, the economy being shut down, small businesses being closed, people not being able to see their families, religion being shunned. Those are the things that are destroying America. The infringement on people's rights is what is destroying America. Not putting Americans back to work over the fear of a virus that is less deadly than heart disease. That is not overwhelming hospitals where you're seeing the least amount of deaths recorded since we started recording data. That is what is destroying America. Not the pandemic. The pandemic is not the response from the Democratic governors, the Democratic caucus, and the Democratic leadership, that is what is destroying America. Down here in the South where I live, people are at work or living our life. I've known people that have gotten the virus. They live, they were healthy young Americans. They go back to work, right? I've unfortunately seen people that were a vulnerable population that unfortunately died from the virus, right? But our world did not end. And the economy in the South, at least here in South Carolina, is still going the way that it should be. 
and South Carolina is not being destroyed. You're not seeing wide ranges of like virus infections and hospitalizations here. You're not seeing any of that. The lockdowns and the keeping people at home and the violation of people's rights, that is what is destroying America. But Joe Biden and the rest of his caucus refuse to accept that because the more fear that they put into people, the more they force people to rely on the government. The more that people rely on the government, they allow big government to have more actions and enact more big government policies, which then empower, give big government more power, which in turn gives the left and what would presumably be the next president, Joe Biden, him more power, right? But the government does not need and should not be involved in every aspect of your life. They should not be telling us what we're doing inside our house. They should not be telling us who we can have over at our house. They should not be limiting the amount of people at your house, right? Like that is not the government's job. All right, so speaking of Joe Biden and everything like that, right? Yesterday, he announced a huge amount of foreign policy picks and we went over them yesterday. I said how funny I thought it was that the majority of them came from an Obama era, right? And held positions in the Obama administration. Well, apparently I was not the only one who thought that, right? In an interview with Fox and Friends, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas seemed to agree, right? Well, no, it wasn't that he seemed to agree, he did agree, right? So, in a report from Fox News, President-elect Joe Biden's appointments appear to signal a return of the Obama administration's foreign policy, end quote, which had, end quote, had disastrous consequences for our nation. Senator Armed Services Committee member Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, warned on Fox and Friends on Wednesday. Describing his cabinet appointments during an interview with NBC's Nightly News Tuesday, Biden said, this is not a third Obama term because we face a totally different world than we faced in the Obama and Biden administration. Wrong. It is the exact same thing as a Biden or an Obama administration. If you're having the same people that have the same mindset in the Obama administration leading your foreign policy, like, um, I don't understand how you can say that. I don't understand how you can say that with a straight face that it's not the same as an Obama administration, right? And this is the same true. Like, this is so true, right? Like, the same people that backed, like, the Libya war and, like, saw the rise of the ISIS caliphate, saw the war on terror heightened, saw civil wars break out, the war in Libya, right? Those were all decisions that were made by Obama that were advised by the exact same people that Biden is choosing to lead his foreign policy. Like, I do not understand this. You know what, like, the definition of insanity is? The definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing over and over again, hoping that you're going to get a different result. Well, here we have in America, we have the Biden administration picking foreign policy leaders that destroyed America's foreign policy under Obama, hoping that they're going to lead the Biden foreign policy in some new direction. That is insanity. Like, I do not understand. But Biden has already said, like he's already set the field of what his foreign policy is going to be, right? Like he's going to take America back on the sidelines and let our allies and enemies decide what road America's foreign policy takes. Instead of America leading from the front saying, no, guess what? 
allies, you're going to pay for your share. Enemies, if you screw up and continue to do things that are illegal, wrong, immoral, unethical, you're going to have to deal with us. And that is our foreign policy, deterrence. But nope, like I said yesterday, Biden's going to take us back to that realm of appeasement. But that's not the only thing scary, right? Like that kind of foreign policy isn't the only scary thing that he said, right? Biden has already said that on his in his first 100 days that he will lay out an executive order or legislature that will order 11 million people, 11 million undocumented people in America, a pathway to citizenship. All right, so as we all know, if you've ever talked to me, if you've heard me on the show, whatever, I'm not against illegal immigration. I'm sorry, I'm not against immigration. I'm against illegal immigration, right? If you want to come to America, do it legally. I'm about it, 100% about it. But what is not right is we're going to see a crisis on our border like we've never seen. Why? Because hundreds, thousands, hell, I don't know how many people are going to flock across the border and continue trying to push across the borders in anticipation of this law, right? Like they're gonna be like, well, if I can get across the border, the Joe Biden is going to give out some huge order that's going to allow me and however many other million undocumented people, some huge pathway to like citizenship instead of being held accountable for illegally immigrating into the country. Like what about the people that have been waiting on like lists for who knows how many years to migrate to the country legally? Like what about those people in Syria? What about those people people in England, in like Middle East, in Europe? Just pick a state, pick a country where there's a person that wants to come here, right? To America. And they go through the process, the vetting process, the immigration process. But none of that matters because they could just come over here illegally and then Biden's going to pretty much pardon them and provide them citizenship without any form of vetting, right? Coming from the party of equality and fairness, this is probably the farthest thing from fair when it comes to immigration. Like, there are people awaiting the American dream legally that are going to be robbed of that chance because of this policy. It puts out the message that, well, if you break the laws, like if you break the laws in America, it doesn't matter because we're not going to hold you accountable. We're just going to give you citizenship for breaking that law. And not only that, but this is incredibly dangerous. I do not know like what kind of vetting process there's going to be or like because he hasn't laid it out or what the law is going to entail. But could you imagine the national security risk that it's going to impose with God knows how many people trying to rush across the border? A terrorist could come across the border and theoretically, if there's no vetting process, there's no extreme vetting process, there's no immigration process, they're just given a pathway to citizenship. How many like terrorists or enemies of the state could just come in? Like that's a huge national security risk. Like not only that, but in a report written by Mike Murphy of uh, Market Watch, President-elect Joe Biden intends to spend his first 100 days in the White House working on an immigration bill and ro rolling back Donald Trump's executive orders. This is what the de Democrat told Lester Holt on NBC News in an interview on Tuesday night. Some of it's going to depend on the kind of cooperation I can or cannot get from the United States Congress, Biden said in his top priorities. 
I made a commitment in the first 100 days I will send an immigration bill to the United States Senate with a pathway to citizenship for over 100 million undocumented people in America. Biden said, though such a bill would likely face steep hurdles if Republicans retain control of the Senate, which it should. It absolutely should. You do not get to come to America illegally and then get a pathway to citizenship. That is wrong. And it robs so many people of legal immigration that are seeking the American dream. It's wrong. Absolutely wrong. And remember that comment that he said about the virulent dialogue of politics? Hence, insert Biden falling asleep. Well, you're going to overturn like just numerous amounts of Trump's executive orders, which undermine his entire presidency. That is virulent, Mr. Biden. That is the exact same dialogue that you said that needed to stop. And this is coming, like, I don't understand it because nothing says bipartisanship and unity and that we're going to do stop the virulent political dialogue and stop fighting each other more than overturning like every single executive order that Trump had, right? Nothing says bipartisanship more than that. Actions speak louder than words. You can say all you want that you're not a murderer, but if you murder people, you're still a murderer. You can say all you want that you want the virulent political dialogue to stop. You want bipartisanship, but if you don't actually do what you say you're going to do, if you don't actually say things that support your words, then they're just words. They're empty words. And that's all Biden is. He's full of just empty words. But you want to know what I hate even more than that? Like even more than him being like, oh, well, you know, I can just do what I want and I can say whatever it is and it will cover it up. That's a, a trend that we're really, really familiar with. But it's continuing now into those Senate races that I talked about, right? So we all know that the Senate races are incredibly important, are going to kind of dictate where our path is going to go if Biden is elected. Well, the Democrats have shown their hypocrisy and kind of pulled the mask off, if you, if you could say right, in regards to the coronavirus and um, meeting people in public and being around people. Because the Democrats have resumed normal canvassing measures when it comes to the election and campaign, right? So the, it used to be that before, for the general election, they're like, no, we're not going to canvas. We're not going to go outdoors. We're not going to go meet people. We're not going to do any of that, right? Why? Because they're afraid of spreading the coronavirus. Well, they've continued to say that the coronavirus is this big ticket item, this huge problem that we should social distance. People need to stay home for the holidays, shouldn't be around family. But they are going to continue to canvas. So in a report written by Fox News, Georgia's Democratic Senate candidates will resume door-to-door canvas amid the coronavirus pandemic ahead of the January runoff Senate elections, according to reports. Many Democratic candidates halted the traditional canvassing method before the 2020 presidential election due to concerns that knocking on doors of voters could spread the coronavirus. Right? So my problem is with this is I'm not against canvassing. I'm not. Because I, as you all know, you've heard me talk today's show and the countless shows before this, reopen America, reopen the economy, let Americans choose. We're, we are Americans and we should have that free choice. If I want to have people over and put myself at risk, well, that's on me. That is my risk. But my problem with it is, is that if you're going to force people in their own home, violate their Fourth Amendment, and do everything else that the Democratic governors and lawmakers are trying to do, then 
why in the hell are you going out amidst this oh-so-dangerous pandemic and canvassing? That is the problem. It's either too dangerous for you to canvass, and it's so dangerous that you're going to try to um, impede on our rights and tell us what we can do in our households, or it's not. It's just as simple as that. Either it's too dangerous to canvass, and you need to stay at home, and you need to stay away from your family on holidays, or it's not. You can't have both. And it's truly freaking frustrating how hypocritical, and not even hypocritical, just so much hypocrites they are when it comes to this virus. They have weaponized the virus in a way to strengthen their power over the people, which is absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Right? But that is going to be it for today, guys. As always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget, go buy NightlineApparel.com. Use the code AJEZ20 at checkout for 20% off some badass apparel from Nineline. Support the American hero I talked about. Support the American company. And then go get yourself some gear. Live for 20% off. Why not? All right, guys. Thank you all for watching. And as always, I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless you. God bless your family. And stay safe.